A special edition of Mock Draft Monday is coming your way today on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. It's Mock versus Mock. Gino and I both did a seven-round Eagles Mock Draft. Which one do you like better? Find out at the end of the podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Monday edition of the show. It's sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are in life. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. I love doing this show every single year. Of course, Mondays in March and April and February when the Eagles are not making a Super Bowl run like they were this past year. Mock Draft Monday is a staple, but always once a year, we do a mock versus mock special. So Gino goes through a seven-round mock draft for the Eagles. I go through a seven-round mock draft. We both take a segment to recap the job that we did as general manager of the Birds, and then we find out who the listeners liked better as Howie Roseman, who did a better job with their seven-round mock. So that's exactly what we are going to do today with just a couple weeks separating us from the 2023 NFL Draft. It's a draft where the Eagles don't have a ton of picks when it comes to all seven rounds, but they do have a ton of picks in the first three rounds. Two first-round selections at 10 overall and 30. They have 62 in round two, as well as a third-round selection. So they have four picks in the first three rounds. That third-round pick is 94th overall. So four picks to continue to stockpile this loaded roster with long-term talent. Let's just dive right into it. Seven rounds here. And I made some trades. I actually made two trades in the first two rounds. So I tried to make this as realistic to what the Eagles could. I tried to take like a middle ground approach here because some mock drafts, you know, we like to do what we would do. And that's the whole point of like the offseason simulation podcast that we normally do. But other times we like to do what Howie Roseman would do. We try to, you know, go past Eagles history in the draft and, you know, see what he's done and try to emulate that and kind of project. Whereas this podcast, this mock draft that I did on this podcast, I feel like is more of a middle ground where it's things that I want them to do, but it's disciplined. It is within the parameters of what the birds do. So, you know, I'm not going to take B. John Robinson or Darnell Washington or running back or a tight end. I didn't take a receiver. Could he do that? Maybe like all those positions I wouldn't say are off the board but I don't believe that that's what's going to happen. So, you know, I, I did stay disciplined when it comes to mock draft. Let's get into it. Here is my version of the mock versus mock 2023 seven round mock for the birds. Let's recap what I did. So I had the 10th overall pick. I decided to trade down. So Devin Witherspoon was already gone and Christian Gonzalez, the two top corners that I really like. I think Joey Porter Jr., a little too rich for my blood. With that 10th pick, you know, Jalen Carter didn't fall. So the guys that were there, I like a lot of them. Kalijah Cansey, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, you know, safeties, pass rushers and corners that I, I think could definitely fit on this Eagles team long term. But I felt like the value at 10 
I feel like I could have got at least a couple of those guys to be available for me if I moved a few spots down. So who did I make a trade with? The Green Bay Packers, who picked 15 overall. They want to jump up and get Jordan Love, a wide receiver in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I collected the 15th overall pick. I got their third round pick as well, 78 overall, and the fifth round selection from Green Bay at 149 for the 10th overall pick and a seventh round selection. The Eagles right now, they have four picks in the first three rounds, but after that, they don't have a pick until the seventh round. They have two sevens, but they don't have a four, five, or six. So my logic here was I'm only moving five spots down the board. I was confident a guy I will like will still be there at 15. I'll get a second, third round pick. So now I have five picks in the first three rounds, and let's get a pick in one of those rounds. We don't have one at four, five, or six. So I got a fifth round selection at 149. And then I took the guy that I would have probably took at 10. PFF gave me an A for this. Not that I really care about their grades, but I took Kalijah Cansey from Pittsburgh. And yeah, is he an undersized three-tech defensive tackle? 100%. But this guy shoots out like an absolute cannon. His pass rush ability, his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, his violent hand moves, he is such an exciting film study, and I think he would be perfect long-term next to Jordan Davis, rotating through with Milton Williams. This year, he can come in, and that's your four-headed monster or your five-headed monster like you had last year defensive tackle. You've got Fletcher Cox and the kids. It's Cox, it's Cansey, it's Milton Williams, it's Jordan Davis, and it's Contavious Street. That's a really good five-man rotation at DT. And if you want to bring back Nandonik and Sue or Linval Joseph as the sixth man, you can do that as well. But Cansey long-term, I think, you know, is he Aaron Donald? Everybody sees a pass-rushing, undersized Pittsburgh defensive tackle, and they say, this is Aaron Donald 2.0. No, I don't think he's going to be the greatest defensive tackle, pass-rushing DT of all time. But I do think he can be a top-tier pass rushing defensive tackle that can replace the production of Javon Hargrave and eventually Fletcher Cox. So Canty was on the board there at 10, but I'm like, let's move down at, at 15. And you know, it was, there was like four guys that I had in mind. It was Canty. It was Murphy. It was Nolan Smith. It was Brian branch and Joey Porter jr. I said to myself, if one of those five guys is there, I'm comfortable. So let me collect an extra third round pick and a fifth swap out that seven for a five. And let's take a guy that I was comfortable at 10 at 15. So Kalijah Cansey was my first first round pick. The second one was one that maybe people won't like as much. Emmanuel Forbes, the Mississippi corner. I love Forbes though. And I know he's built like Devontae Smith. He is the slim reaper of cornerbacks, but Devontae Smith should be the reason that you believe in Forbes. Yes, Devontae Smith is a receiver. He doesn't have to make tackles. He doesn't have to shed blocks. He might not have to set the edge in the run game and press at the line of scrimmage like Emmanuel Forbes does. But this kid's length, fluid athleticism, change of direction, the flip of the hips, his footwork, ball skills, and instincts, so impressive. Like He is a sticky coverage corner that can play off. He can play man. His tackling, again, he's he's a long ways away still, but I feel like Emmanuel Forbes has a ton of upside at 30. Get that long-term corner, and he can bulk up this year in his rookie year. He doesn't even have to start. He can sit behind Darius Slay and James Bradbury. I think he's the perfect project for the Birds long-term at corner. So I took Kalijah Cansey and Emmanuel Forbes in the first round. Defensive lineman, that's what the Eagles do. 
but I think they know they need a long-term corner. Then I made another trade. So I traded down from 10 to 15, collected some extra picks. Well, I used some of those extra picks to move back up in the second round from 62 overall to 50. I moved up 12 spots with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I spent the second round pick, the fifth round pick that I got from Green Bay, and a round five in 2024 for the 50th overall pick in the second round and a seventh in 2024 to then go up and get that last safety. I think in that top tier, Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M, I shouldn't even say the last safety is if he's like the last ranked guy. He's actually my second rated safety only behind Alabama's Brian branch. And he, unlike branch who played in the slot for the majority of his career with the crimson tide, Antonio Johnson played all over. Like he played in the slot He played in the box, but he also played a lot of deep safety, which is what he would be asked to do a lot in Philadelphia. I think it's Brian Branch, it's Antonio Johnson, it's uh, Jordan Battle, it's the Brown brother from Illinois, and I think then there's a pretty significant drop-off at safety. And the Eagles lost Chauncey Garner-Johnson. They signed Terrell Edmonds, but he's only on a one-year deal. I don't know if I want Reed Blankenship to be my full-time starter. So Antonio Johnson was somebody I felt like is important to this defense having that role at safety got to move up and get him. So I didn't really lose a ton of future assets with draft picks. And I think my future now in the secondary looks great with Johnson and Forbes. All right, let's continue on with my third round selections. I took a guard North Carolina state's Chandler Savala. This is a mauler, but he has athleticism too. He liked to pull a lot in the run game, did a lot of things that I think he could do in Jeff Stoutland's run game on the offensive side of the football, a highly graded pass protector as well, according to Pro Football Focus. The Eagles are going to need a long-term starter at right guard. Even if Cam Jurgens is the guy this year, he's going to have to replace Jason Kelsey at center in two years. So Chandler Savala can compete with Jurgens now and eventually be a interior starter. So that's my first third round pick. My second one, I took a receiver, Michigan State's Jaden Reed. I think the Eagles are going to need to bring in some competition for Quez Watkins. Zach Paschal signed with the Arizona Cardinals. They don't have anybody else behind Quez right now outside of what? Britton Covey and Brandon Allen. They got to bring in another guy. I already got two of my interior linemen that I wanted from this draft. I got my two long-term defensive backs that I want. So that's four picks in the first three rounds that I am very ecstatic over. So that extra third round pick, kind of a luxury selection. But at this point, I feel like the Eagles don't have a lot of short-term or long-term needs. I've taken care of a lot of those spots. So give me Jaden Reed. Give me a guy to compete with Quez. And let's continue to add some weapons for Jalen Hurts. I would have probably preferred to go tight end here, but there wasn't a tight end that fell to 94 overall that I would have liked. So the fact that I get Kalijah Kansi, Emmanuel Forbes, Antonio Johnson, and Chandler Savala in the third round, and then I could take a receiver in round three with my fifth pick in this draft, I am very happy with the work I've done so far. And then I round out my mock draft in round seven, two selections, an edge rusher, Lonnie Phelps from Kansas, a really good athlete, undersized, but he is explosive, can learn from a guy just like that in Hassan Reddick. Honestly, in the draft, I think Lonnie Phelps will probably go higher than this, but he was available on the board. Add that fourth or fifth guy on the edge alongside Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett on the bench and you know Patrick Johnson as well. And then my final pick, 
Got to go linebacker. Mikel Jones from Syracuse. I know I kind of ignored linebacker here, and that might be one of the biggest needs the Eagles have after Nicobe Dean. You've got Morrow, and that's really it. What, Sean Bradley? But I, I just didn't love the talent early on, and I'd rather deal with the future of the secondary and the trenches first and then deal with linebacker after, and I think the Eagles would feel the exact same way. So there's my mock draft. I traded down with Green Bay from 10 to 15, took Elijah Cansey. Then I took cornerback Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State at 30th overall. Then I traded up in round two from 62 to 50 with Tampa Bay to select safety Antonio Johnson, my second safety in this class. Then in round three, we went with a guard, Chandler Zavala, athletic and powerful, and a receiver from Michigan State, Jaden Reed. Then to round out this mock draft in round seven, Lonnie Phelps from Kansas, the edge rusher, and a Syracuse linebacker in Mikel Jones. Did you like it? Did you like it better than Geno's? That's what you're going to find out coming up next. Gino Camilleri recaps his seven-round Eagles mock draft on a special mock draft Monday. It's mock versus mock. And guys, today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is presented by Better Help Therapy Online. I've benefited from using BetterHelp for a few years now, and it really has completely changed the way that I think I go about life. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, still going through that process. Everybody is, especially because we're always growing and we're always changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. I need to talk through things and BetterHelp has really helped me get through that. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge if you don't feel like there's the right fit. I've been doing therapy now for three years, and I've had a couple different therapists, all very helpful, but you know, it takes a few times to really find the right person that can get you on the right habits and the right way of thinking and just allow you to talk things through. And again, you guys know on this podcast, I'm a talker. I have to talk things out to get this head to feel clear. And I do that through BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash locked on to discover your potential. Betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. What's up, everyone? Now it's my turn. Gino Camilleri, GMGC, here to take the reins of this battle of the mock going against Lou. I made some trades. I went full Howie Roseman mode, and I'll explain it all. I ended up with seven picks. Is it reasonable they could have four? Is it reasonable they could have 10? With Howie Roseman, who knows? I would expect, though, that he wants to accumulate more picks in the top 100. Wants to accumulate more blue chip prospects than maybe late round flyers. And maybe he does that by trading out of the first round, potentially, to recoup a second round pick that's early on day two. And you also add a earlier round three selection. Always plausible. Could he do that again later in the draft? Absolutely. Or could he trade up and go get a guy like Jalen Carter? He could, but who knows? But this is my... Battle of the Mock Draft. I spent a long time trying to get the perfect draft. This one, I think, is as close to perfect for me and what I would like to see as we are going to get. 
The board started falling. Christian Gonzalez comes off the board at eight. I didn't want to trade out of 10. Tampa wanted to come up from 19, potentially grab a quarterback. I didn't want to move down nine spots. I also didn't believe Joey Porter is worthy of that 10th pick. I ended up getting Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. I think it's an easy selection if he is there. The way that the NFL has been valuing cornerbacks, they continue to go earlier and earlier, as well as wide receivers. So how do you circumvent having a good wide receiver across from you? Well, it's drafting a very good cornerback. And Devin Witherspoon could potentially be the number one within two, maybe three years if James Bradbury and Darius Slay find their way out of Philadelphia, either due to age, either due to money. But right now, you have to be proactive at that position. Devin Witherspoon makes all the sense in the world. And hopefully for the first time in two decades, they select a cornerback in the very first round. Moving to pick 30, or what would have been pick 30, made my first trade of this draft. And for those watching on YouTube, I have a little scroll at the bottom going over exactly what happened. The Rams picked up the phone. They said, we will offer you pick 36 as well as a trade swap, giving you pick 77, and we'll pay, take pick 94. So I gave up pick 30, pick 94 for pick 36, and pick 77 from the Los Angeles Rams. This makes a lot of sense in terms of what Howie Roseman would do and what he has done. If you look at 2018, the Dallas Goddard draft, they were sitting there, and Baltimore calls them up and Everybody's waiting for them to make that pick at the end of the first round. And Eagles fans were disappointed because they had to wait another 24 hours to find out who they were going to take because Baltimore inevitably trades up, gets Lamar Jackson, and the Philadelphia Eagles hang around and get Dallas Goddard, who at the time was coming into an offense where Zach Ertz, who's 28 years old, coming off of a career-high season, and they drafted a tight end. And that's exactly what I'm doing this time around, I went Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. How great would that be to get one of the premier tight ends in this class? You get Washington, who is an absolute freak at the position. You talk about wanting to run more 12 personnel, the ability to open up the pass game for another option, potentially being maybe your fifth option in that passing offense, but more importantly, potentially taking reps away from what you don't have at wide receiver three, as well as providing an upgrade of what you do have in-house at tight end already. He can block, he could catch, he could do everything. That's what the Eagles look for in tight ends. Is it worthy of the 30th pick? Potentially, if there's a little run with some of those teams, Buffalo very well could go and draft another tight end. But you got to take the guys that are there, especially when you accumulate picks. And the Eagles did exactly that in this mock the Battle of the Mocks, you always got to come up with some creative ideas. So the next pick would be pick 71. And you're saying, what? Pick 71? Well, at pick 62, I once again traded back with New Orleans for pick 71 and pick 146. New Orleans comes up. They take Keyshawn Booty. Makes a lot of sense. Keep the kid in the state of Louisiana, the LSU wide receiver. And we were able to sit around and wait till pick 71 while at the same time picking up pick 146. So at 71, you have a back-to-back -back where you're picking six picks later at 77, which you got from the Rams. At 71, I went back to the well, went back to the Illinois backfield, and I went Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois. So now you have Devin Witherspoon and you have Brown, two unbelievable athletes, two guys that can come downhill and absolutely lay the lumber 
And at the same time, Brown is a great athlete on the back end, which comes in and fills a need immediately. And at the same time, it is a long-term need as it is a short-term need. And maybe Brown is the second guy at that position for some teams. Maybe it's Johnson out of Texas A&M. I would have taken him if he was there. But at pick 71, you still get a guy who can come in, play sub-packages in early games, potentially be a starter towards the end of the season. You don't have any surefire guys. Edmonds comes in for a year, but what do you have beyond that outside of Reed Blankenship? I think you go safety there, go back to Illinois where they continue to create great defensive backs in the NFL and take another one with Witherspoon and now Brown. Now going pick 77, you're probably thinking more defense. Well, no, we're going more offense here. And with this pick, from New Orleans, we're going to go right in their backyard and take Tajay Spears, the running back, out of Tulane after a phenomenal season, after a phenomenal run at the Senior Bowl. There is a chance he gets picked in the second round. And at the same time, there's a chance that we have no idea what's going to happen at running back outside of B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Probably go one and two, and then beyond that, nobody really knows. So you get Spears, you get somebody that can come in and play in a committee and at the same time potentially see the future as maybe that number one guy for you. But at the same time, you're using, what, a third round pick on this guy? Something that you have done in the past. You've spent higher picks on running backs and Sean McCoy and Miles Sanders. And Spears fits the bill for exactly what you want in Philadelphia. He has a low center of gravity, extremely balanced when it comes to the point of contact. He can get in and out of his breaks very well, and he does have an underrated receiving element to his game. So you're talking about at pick 10, 36, 71, and 77, you walk away with Devin Witherspoon, Darnell Washington, Sidney Brown, and Tajay Spears. I think that's a pretty good first two days. Then you have to wait a bit. You have to wait until pick 146, where this pick from the New Orleans Saints turns into potentially your swing tackle of the future. I go John Ojukwu, the offensive tackle, potentially offensive guard out of Boise State. Talk about another guy who had a great senior bowl. The Eagles love going to the senior bowl well, especially when it comes to finding guys on the offensive line, guys that can play that swing tackle position for you. Ojukwu fits the bill. Yeah, he definitely does have some technique issues, but when you talk about somebody that can refine somebody's technique, it is your offensive line coach. The best one in the league, Jeff Stoutland. Howie Roseman said it in the New Heights podcast that if he sits down and watches an offensive lineman and he sees maybe a technique issue, maybe has a few sets that are wrong, he knows Jeff Stoutland is going to be the guy that can clean that up. The next selection, you have to wait a little bit once again, going to pick 219. The first time you're making your own pick in this draft outside of pick 10, I went with the hybrid safety slash linebacker Martu Mape, excuse or Marte Mapu. Gonna get confused the heck out of me. Kid out of Sacramento State. He had a great, great season for Sac State. If you didn't follow the FCS, Sac State was one of the best teams in the country. And their defense led the way for them, and their offense was electric. I highly recommend going and watch him in particular in that back end of the defense and go and watch what he did at the Senior Bowl, go and watch what he did at the Shrine. I mean, the kid continued to just show that he belonged in the National Football League. You take a flyer on a guy that could play teams, play linebacker, play safety, 
be a fourth or fifth guy in that rotation on the back end and potentially somebody that can turn into maybe a TJ Edwards type of player for you, maybe an off ball type of hybrid linebacker that you wanted in Davian Taylor, but ultimately it turns into Mape with this pick. Mapu, Marte Mapu, excuse me, folks. And then the last pick, I had to go to CGS. This is the first time I've made a CGS this entire draft cycle. And I legitimately think this kid is going to get drafted. Deslin Alexander, edge slash interior defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. Not only is he great on the field, he is unbelievable off the field. Our colleague Chris Carter over at Locked on Steelers, who covers Pitt as well, talks so highly of this kid. You look at the awards that he won at Pittsburgh. He's just one of the most upstanding guys in the entire class. And at the same time, he was probably the best defensive lineman we had down in Fort Worth at CGS. He was highly coveted, potentially could have ended up at the Shrine Bowl, makes his way to the NFLPA. You talk about guys getting drafted, NFLPA especially for those late round guys is exactly where teams are looking. Deslin Alexander, the last pick out of pit, go CGS guy, also NFL PA guy. I have to give him that recognition, but to walk away seven selections, Devin Witherspoon, Darnell Washington, Sidney Brown, Tajay Spears, John Ojukwu, Marte Mapu, and Deslin Alexander. That is another year of the battle of the mocks. I'm Gino Camilleri. Thank you for tuning in. And hopefully you're voting for me on this one. Today's episode of the Locked On Eagles podcast is sponsored by the official sports book of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's FanDuel, Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. The MLB season is back. There's no better place to get in on all of the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. You can bet on everything. Aaron Judge to pick up where he left off with a home run, a pitcher to go over on strikeouts. Build the SGP with your favorite matchups of the day. Again, don't miss a chance to get that no sweat first bet. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Major League Baseball, the NFL, and now the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Monday edition of Lockdown Eagles Mock Draft Monday. You've heard now two seven-round mock drafts today from Gino and I. Which one did you like better? Make sure you let us know on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. We will post those graphics of the mock drafts for you um, in a few days on Twitter. We'll let it simmer and let everybody listen to it and view it first. But um, we tried again to be realistic for what the Eagles could do, but also what we would prefer them to do within those parameters and be disciplined. Like, again, I wouldn't have went in there and took B. John Robinson, the Texas running back, or Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end. Is it completely out of the realm of possibilities? No, nothing is with Howie Roseman, but I think it's close to being out of the realm of possibilities. And I want to wrap up the show actually by talking about this. We, we talked last week about luxury picks. Can the Eagles afford to take a running back in round one or a wide receiver or a tight end? And so this past Saturday, I'm sitting out. The weather's nice. And I, I started to think about the shows I did. And I thought about that topic specifically. And I'm like, what if they 
actually did take one of those guys. What would my actual thought process be? Because on this show, I'll say it's not the right way to go about it. You know, you should take linemen. You got to do this, this, and this. But then like the fan part of you comes out and you're like, what if they actually did take B. John Robinson? Would you truthfully, because, you know, Gino and I have been annoyed every time we see mock drafts from the national media on Twitter, where it's like the Eagles take Bijan at, if it's 10 or 30, we don't like it. So I'm, I'm talking to myself and I'm like, as I do, cause I'm a psycho and I'm like, would I like it? Like would I actually, would the fan of me actually be upset? And then I took it a step further to the point where I had to tweet it out. I had to know what others thought. How would I feel about the Eagles? Not only drafting Bijan Robinson, let's say at 10 overall, but what if they just said, screw it, let's just build the best group of weapons of all time around Jalen Hurts. Let's draft Darnell Washington at 30, the Georgia tight end. So now not only do you have A.J. Brown, you've got Devontae Smith, you've got Dallas Goddard, you've got Quez Watkins, you've got Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell, but now you have B. John Robinson and Darnell Washington behind an elite offensive line with an elite quarterback, an elite coaching staff. Like, could you imagine? Those are two picks that, again, I said are luxury selections that people are saying you should not do in this draft, but because the majority of people are saying they should not do that, I had to pose the question, but what if they did it? And what if they did it twice? What if in the first round they spent both of their picks on luxury signings or luxury weapons? I think most people would actually be pretty damn excited. They would be over the moon. I mean, nothing makes fans more excited than seeing a loaded offense on paper. I mean, even when it doesn't work out, 2019, I had so much fun that summer thinking about what that offense was going to look like with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Darren Sproles. The list goes on and on. I said, this this group, I've never seen a talent, talented group of weapons this deep. And that, that's what happened last year when you traded for A.J. Brown. I said the same thing. I'm like, damn, this looks a lot like that 2010 offense where they are just loaded on paper. If you, They are already loaded on paper on offense, and not just on paper. We saw last year that domination came to fruition on the field. Could you imagine if they add a generational prospect at running back and a six, what, six, 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 seven tight end in Darnell Washington who's constantly you know hurtling over linebackers? Again, would it be responsible? No, not at all. But sometimes we got to just turn the analyst cap off and just enjoy football for what it is. And that would be fun. Like, let's be real. Do you know how many Eagles fans would on Twitter be like, this was the wrong call? And then low key be watching highlights of Robinson and Washington saying, oh my gosh, these are like the fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth options in this offense. So I just thought about that because I think we all know you know, sometimes even if you know something's not good for you, you still do it because there is still some thrill in it. There's still some excitement. It there might have some short-term gratification. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of what those picks would be. And I think it would, you know, I don't think there's they're gonna do it once in the first round. I don't think they'll take a running back or tight end or receiver on day one at all. But I just had to be like, what if they just said, what if Howie said, screw it, let's go all in? And he did it twice. It would be funny, and I think it would be fun. I think people would understand, again, philosophically, it's the wrong way to go about it, but the fans in us would come out, and I'm sure you'd see a lot of hype on Twitter for sure. That offense would be, 
again, I mean, I said it in 2019. I said it last year. That offense would be the deepest and most talented when it comes to like young weapons. I think the Eagles have ever had by far. They they already have that in their offense. Washington and Robinson would just be adding on to that. All right, Eagles fans, that's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown Eagles. Thanks so much for tuning into the show Monday through Friday. We got a podcast for you because we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. You can find Lockdown NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get locked on Eagles. I'm Louis DiBiase signing off for my co-host as well, Gino Camilleri. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening and let's go birds.